You're listening to Hitting the High Notes, a Utah Jazz podcast on the Pulse Podcast Network. All right, everybody, welcome to Hitting the High Notes, a Utah Jazz podcast. I am your host, Hu Tran, and um, uh, we're going to be talking about the pulse of Jazz Nation. I have from the Orange County Register today a former beat writer uh, for Utah Jazz, uh, Kyle Goon. What's up, Kyle? Uh, not too much. Just um, uh, trying to get. Uh, we're this is our first episode, so we're trying to get Jazz Nation excited about uh, Utah Jazz. There, you know, you you went from you went from a perennial playoff team covering Utah Jazz, who are gonna, who's you know, three years in a row have made the the playoffs, to a team that's um, uh, you know, not gonna make the playoffs this year, man. So you're not you're, not, you're in a small pond now, huh? I have to say, I did not. I did not. Uh... Did not foresee that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think a lot of people did at the beginning of the year. But um, just the way the thing, the things have gone for the Lakers, it's kind of been a perfect storm of injuries and and, and injuries that have helped lead to chemistry problems and the Anthony Davis trade deadline intrigue. It just kind of all rolled into to making this a pretty rough season for the Lakers and and uh, LeBron's going to miss the playoffs for the first time in fourteen years, two thousand five. That's like three yeah. presidential administrations ago. Uh, <laughs> it's it's nuts when you think about how long ago that is. Um, uh, and, I mean, I was still in high school, <laughs> so yeah. uh, that that's 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 a crazy deal for the Lakers. And you know, LeBron isn't isn't particularly happy. I don't think he he would change his decision, but he's not he's certainly not happy with how things have gone. The Lakers aren't happy with how things have gone. The NBA's, you know, pointing fingers. So yeah. it's, I, there's a lot of stuff going on in LA. That's for sure. Yeah, I I know that. Um, uh, I mean, maybe a lot of local fans here thought the Lakers had a chance of missing the playoffs. I know there's a couple blogs who were kind of calling it, but uh, it still is weird. You know, LeBron James not in the playoffs. Um, but you know, I always kind of felt like that. Uh, the Lakers game plan should have been maybe two or three years in the making, even though LeBron is, you know, 35, 34, whatever he is. And, um, uh, you know, they might miss the playoffs this year, but they're, they're gearing up for the offseason, I think. Yeah, no, they are. That's for sure. Trying to help, maybe, maybe get another big name or, you know, maybe do something. Like, they, they got they got some young talent. They, they can really build. And they might not need the second quote-unquote star, but they can probably get somebody – I don't know. I, I, that's that's still you know months away. So, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean they they have cap space, but so do a lot of other teams. I mean, roughly forty percent of the NBA is going to be on the free agency market. Um, and obviously, you know, there's some big names for the Jazz who are going to be on the free agency market. Um, as you know, so yeah. there's going to be a lot of people out there. Um, I think if you're the Lakers, you need the second star. Um, for sure, and whether that's going to be you know, it doesn't look like they're going to get KD. It doesn't look like they're going to get, um, you know, Kawhi. Uh, um, uh, I, as of right now, um, Kyrie Irving's kind of wild card, but I personally don't, even though he and LeBron have kind of made up, um, so to speak, I think Kyrie is more interested in being LeBron than playing with LeBron again. So um, I think... I, I would not foresee that happening. Clay doesn't seem like he's going to leave. 
Um, so then you start talking about like Jimmy Butler and Kemba Walker, and I mean, are those guys actually good enough to, to put with LeBron? And then you're competing for a championship. I don't know. Um, so it's a it's a really tricky situation. Um, they honestly. Uh, I think a really underrated thing that's happened that, that we're just not talking about right now is that Brandon Ingram is now untradeable um, because of his blood clot in his shoulder. Uh, and even while he's supposed to make a full recovery, I mean, I, I don't foresee a front office after a 21-year-old gets a blood clot saying, hey, let's bring that guy in, um, given what happened with Chris Bosh, uh, given what, what's happened with other players. I don't think Brandon has that after talking to a doctor about that, but it's, it, it's, I doubt that an NBA front office would be inclined to include him in a trade. So the Lakers may even have less, be in less position to trade for Anthony Davis. So there's um, some things going against him this summer that, that aren't looking great. Um, but I, I do think they'll figure out some answer and, and make a slightly more competitive team than, than the one they had this year, and that's the that's the great thing about the offseason. It gives it gives pretty much all teams a semblance of hope. And like, okay, cool, we can make our team better, and you know, at least have a chance um, uh, at winning a championship in the next couple of years. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Um, uh, Lakers are always uh, an interesting topic around uh, any fan base, really. So uh-huh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that you had to move from um, uh, you know the beautiful Mecca epicenter, you know, cultural epicenter of Salt Lake to L.A. But I hope hope, hope you're doing well out there. I'm okay. <laughs> well, let's get to some jazz. I, I was actually, when we first made this uh, appointment for this call, um, uh, you know, I was like, oh, we're going to have Suns Laker or Suns uh, Jazz. And I was like, eh, we probably don't need to talk about that. But then the Suns have to go and sign Jimmer Fredette. And even then, I was like, well, you know, Jimmer's going to get in and, you know, probably score a couple points. And we probably won't have to talk about that. But last night, the Monday's game against the Suns was one of the weirdest jazz games I have ever watched. Uh, for yeah. those for those who didn't see it, um, Jimmer Fredette, who played uh, college ball near uh, the Utah Jazz, uh, came in and he got a standing ovation, which, which is not too weird in itself, but he got cheered almost every time he touched the ball. Like it, it, wasn't, it was loud cheers. Like 90% yeah. of the crowd was cheering for him. It, it was almost like, you know, those videos when uh, – High school teams, uh, like team manager, gets in for like the last game of the season, and every time they touch the ball, you know they want them to shoot. Like, you that's know, what there's it... more than one similarity to that situation. I think <laughs> that's a decent analogy for what happened. Last yeah, night. I mean the Phoenix Suns are, are putting a lot of them um, uh, are not putting a lot of effort out there, but uh, it was uh, really odd. Like, and you can tell in the interviews afterwards that Jazz players were kind of weirded out by it. They did they didn't they weren't disparaging to the fans, but. Like Donovan was like, he said he looked over at Rubio and said, "Man, this guy played college ball here, and that's why they're cheering him." And like Joe Ingles was like, "Oh, like I never watched college ball, so Jazz fan, I don't know. Like, it's it's a weird." Um, Look, I get it. Like, listen, I mean, Jimmer was a sensation here. Like, that, and that's something that can't be missed. I mean, like, you know, I, I was I was in the state for Jimmer Mania, and you know, he was by far the biggest sports figure in town at the time. Um, I mean, anything Jimmer did was much bigger news than what the Jazz were doing at the time. Um, so, I, I mean... 
it's, I don't know. It's the, like, it's the team. I, it's I a Tim it, Tebow. I get it on one hand, but like the fact that he's he takes ten shots or whatever, makes one of them, and you're still cheering him every <laughs> time. Is like, yeah, like I mean, it, 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 I get it as 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 jazz, and like some of the media coverage coming out of that was so fawning, and and just I mean, there was a headline I saw. It's like, oh, like jazz spoiled. Uh, Jimmer's homecoming. And it's like, oh yeah, that pesky old home team, the Utah Jazz. And like, if you're a jazz player, like, what is the, what is the messaging? You know, I mean, and I get that he's back, and like, it's very exciting, and and in some ways, it's a great story. But like, yeah, the, like the ten shots, each one of the ten shots for like all quarter or whatever it was, like, it's weird messaging to your team, and. You know, the, the the other thing is that's it, it, people aren't going to like this, but the other thing is, like, you're coming off a, an incident in which, you know, a, a prominent black player is called a racial epithet, and then a guy who has done nothing of note in the NBA comes back, and you're cheering him for every single time he touches the ball. Like that's kind of a weird look from from the outside. <laughs> there were there and, were and some. I, uh... I get it, and I get why those two things aren't necessarily connected. But if if for people outside the state, like they don't necessarily see it that way. You know what I'm saying? It's it's weird messaging yeah, to the like rest them, of the world think... about what this fan base is about. The Jazz have been in the national like Jazz fans uh, feel like they don't get enough national attention. The last month they've gotten some national attention, but maybe yeah. not in the way that they really want. So, yeah. By the yeah. way, the Jazz. That's tough. I mean, like, I don't want to act like it's it, it's very straight. Like, it's not straightforward. You know, right. I mean, it's a very unique, two unique situations that would say is not connected. But like, those those are two big stories in the last month from the Jazz fan base, and that's kind of a weird look when you when you situate them next to one another. By the way, the Jazz won the game by 33 points. Rudy Gobert um, uh, passed Dwight Howard for the best season in dunks. Most dunks in a season. Yeah, it's, uh, and the, the two stories that came out of that were Jazz fans, uh, Devin Booker scoring 59 against third players, yeah. and, and Jimmer Fredette. And it was just because like, it wasn't just Jimmer they were cheering. The Jazz fans were like when, when in the fourth quarter when the Jazz were up by 20, mind you, Jazz fans were kind of cheering for Devin Booker to score some more just because – were they bored? It, it was so weird. It just, yeah, I mean, yeah. but uh, I mean, I'm amazed you haven't brought up the best part of that game. Well, uh, what was that? Is it Chick-fil-A? What was the best that, part? That, that, they, that, that they intentionally fouled uh, another <laughs> Suns teammate well, at, at the end of a 33-point blowout. The so to, part of to the just to make sure Devin yeah. Booker didn't get to sixty points. As a, as, that as, was incredible. Yeah, as you tweeted out yesterday, That's I'm a, this league is this league is very petty. But, but to, like, if you're the Jazz, like, wouldn't you be like they're cheering for Devin Booker? They're cheering for Jimmer Fredette. Like, hey, we just beat these guys. Like, well, we beat the, the crap out of these guys. The like, play, the yeah, play, right? The, I would be mad. The play like, right every, before. Everyone's asking like, why is. <laughs> Well, I shouldn't say everyone, but there's a segment of the Utah media that is asking, why are our jazz players so thin-skinned and insecure? Because their own fans aren't cheering for them. Like, that kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> I would absolutely be upset. 
It's like the Donovan Mitchell, like everything he's touched since he came to Salt Lake City <laughs> has turned to gold. And he's gonna listen to like the Jimmer chants, like, yeah, come on. Get out of here. I mean, I would not be happy about that either. I don't know if you saw the play right before the Jazz made that intentional foul at the end. The Suns fouled the Jazz to try to get you know oh, yeah. some more time oh, for yeah. So it's, just, it's like it's like one of those things that Devin Booker got checked out with like five minutes left in the game with like fifty two points. He sat right. for about a minute and a half and came back in to grab right. the other eight points. Which you know, like even if he got sixty, it's not really what I would call an organic sixty. I mean, especially when you, especially when the rest of your team scores 60, thirty-three, 60, 60, 60, is sixty is sixty. It's and so hard to get there. I was watching, I was watching the Suns broadcast, and they were saying, "Well," and, and they were going, uh, "Utah just needs to man up and um, uh, just play them straight up and see if they can stop them one on one." And and it's just one of those things that you I guys don't. are they're cheering, yeah. yeah, they're cheering for a third, you know, uh, a sixty-point game and a thirty-point blowout. It's it's a very it was yeah. a it was a very weird game. That's the only way I, mean, I can like, describe listen, it. Listen, the only thing the Suns could hang a banger banner about in the last like twenty years is that Devin Booker what seventy one seventy two points point game that he had in, in, in a, a loss to the Celtics. Or yeah, a loss to the Celtics. Like, I think right. Like that's the only thing they can celebrate. They've been standing on that for two years now. So I get it. I get why you don't want him to drop sixty in your building. Like yeah. that's whatever. I, I don't want to. And I'm not on the Devin Booker is a bad player. Like, he's obviously a good player. Like he's yeah. Uh, somebody asked me last night, like how good is he? I'm like, look at the team that he played with tonight. Jimmer Jimmer Fredette played like twenty some odd minutes. I think the best part yeah. of the game was Jimmer icing Devin Booker out in the last. Like Devin Booker had fifty nine with about a minute and a half left, and the next two yeah. Suns possessions, Jimmer drove it to the basket. So That's incredible. yeah, I was like, I was like, that's uh, it was a very weird game, but. Well, hopefully something that's not too weird will be um, uh, Lakers-Jazz. Uh, last I checked, um, uh, looks like LeBron will be playing. In, in oh, well, tonight he'll be playing. Oh. Yeah, I, d- I doubt he'll come. I doubt he'll even get on the plane tomorrow. Oh, man. That that, that means uh, LeBron's uh, winless streak in Utah will continue for another year at least. <laughs> yeah. He, did- he, he didn't play last time, so he also doesn't have to officially take an L. That's Which true. is interesting. That's true. Like, uh, that's why he's still winless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be. Um, do, you, do you remember uh, the Salt Lake Tribune's headline last I, year? Did, for that? did you write it? <laughs> what was I it? I did not write it. Well, one of my editors wrote it. Yeah, your editors write the headline. Just, just call him. L L L L L L LeBron. Yeah. It was it was rough. And like the uh, I, I have kind of ridiculous, but whatever. Yeah, like it, it sucks that he's not going to play because like there's going to be a lot of people there yeah. to watch LeBron. But you know, I get. I'm I mean, sure we'll hear complaining. Hey, the, the guy's well, 34 years old. You know, they're doing what they got to do. He he had a pretty bad injury in the middle of the year already. Like I, it's one of these times I'm like, you know what? I think load management is probably a proper thing to do, especially for someone who's out of the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the league is full. Of that. I mean, obviously, there's going to be the hardcore 1998 fans who are like, wow, we played every game, but, you know, it's a different well, age, man. <laughs> I mean, listen, like, the, the Lakers' future, everything we talked about the offseason, just like five minutes ago or whatever, all that hinges on having LeBron James. I mean, you need LeBron James for any of this stuff to happen. You need LeBron James healthy to sign your second superstar. You need LeBron James 
um, to bring in AD and then have like a, a chance actually competing and, and keeping AD once he hits free agency in 2020. Like it's just the, if LeBron gets hurt again or re-injures himself or whatever, all those options go off the table. So why are they going to unnecessarily risk that? Like obviously LeBron wants to play. That's why he's playing. Um, and, and, you know, to me, the dynamic of that conversation is LeBron is upset about it, but he understands it. Uh, I think he wants to play. I think all things being equal, he would play as much as possible, but he understands why they're in the position they're in because everything they need to do to make the team better revolves around him. He, they need him as a foundational piece. So it makes no sense. You're already out of the playoffs, you get injured. Um, and, and have that injury, have a potentially devastating injury in a meaningless game. Yeah. And and so, I mean, we're, we're in the Wild West right now. The Jazz are in the thick of the, I guess, 5-8 through eight hunt. I, they're number 5 right now yeah. because Oklahoma City lost to the Grizzlies last night. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, really, one loss either way moves these guys up from 5th to 8th. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just crazy like it is every year. But it looks like the top 8 are set. The Kings still are mathematically... In the they're run. mathematically in, but they're not going to get in. Yeah, and we're, you know what? The, as this year goes, this has not been a bad year for them to barely miss the no, playoffs. They're, they're probably still going to fire their coach, though. Really? Huh. Well, yeah. You know, hey, you know, it's uh, if you get the right coach, that can remember. They got some young Buddy Hill, the De- Aaron Fox. I mean, they uh, Marvin Bagley. They, they they have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder if there's going to be some. Uh, Interstate uh, coach switching. Ah, oh, I see. I uh, I don't know. Well, I'm, uh, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, oh, I, I I understand. Let's see. Um, uh, let's see what this uh, Jason Kidd story goes. I guess. Oh boy. Yeah. How How do you feel about Luke Walton as a coach? Like, I mean, I have always thought he was, but then again, he was I coaching. He's, I think uh, he's a really nice guy. That's <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> that's the most I can say. I think he's a really nice guy. I think it's very tough to coach a LeBron James-led team. That is true. That is true. Um, We've seen LeBron go through a lot of coaches. He was put in a tougher position when seven games in, it became clear that Magic Johnson didn't believe in Luke. (laughs) I mean, Um, and and it's just... I saw Luke... When you have a a player with that kind of strength and power that LeBron James has, and I'm not talking about physical strength and power, I'm talking about... Political. Control. Yeah. Um... You, you need to have the strongest possible backing. I mean, that's that's why Eric Spolstra survived, and and that's why David Blatt didn't. Yeah. How, um, how many how many guys have that kind of clout like LeBron? Like three? Kevin Durant, LeBron? In the no, none. None. Just just zero. LeBron. Having having seen that up close, zero. Yeah. No that's... one in the league has the clout that LeBron has. Yeah, he's a special. And, he's a special. Let talent. me tell you, like Kevin. Okay, KD is a great player. I'm not saying LeBron, no one touches him as a player, because, I mean, I think obviously that's becoming not true, but just the the absolute influence he exerts is like no one else in the league. I mean, because commercially, he's his own force. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's got, you know, half a billion dollars socked away. Um, you know, it's just... He is just a force that is unrivaled in the league. I mean, maybe certain guys have that in their own franchises, like 
people like James Harden or, or Russell Westbrook um, within their franchises, they have that kind of clout, but not not to the degree league-wide that LeBron does. I mean, it's, it's, it's not close, in my opinion. So, so now that you're out of the market, um, uh, you know, you, you don't follow the Jazz every day probably, but what do you think about um, uh, Jazz? Uh, the Jazz's chances this year in the playoffs? Like, what, who do you think they match up well best with? Well, um, I think, well, it's interesting because I wonder how it's going to go for Portland um, if they keep their home court. I haven't studied the standings closely enough to, to it, see whether or not they, they definitely get home court or not. Well, they, they just clinched yesterday. You know, yes. But, yeah. They, they, they clinched the playoff spot. Yeah. Conceivably, you know, the Jazz could have a home court spot, which changes kind of all of the possible matchups. Um, so the team they obviously don't want to see is Golden State. No one wants to see Golden State. I don't think the Jazz want to see the Rockets. Um, yeah, I, nobody. I mean, Jazz, yeah, the Jazz don't match up well against the Rockets, really. Yeah. Um, I, right. I so right now the Blazers are... Round two, but I... I don't think I'd be psyched if I were the Jazz for a Thunder round two. Um, I think you want Portland. I think you want um, Denver. No, I can see the Jazz maybe having some success against, like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I, I could see them if they matched up with Denver somehow for some reason. Maybe they could have some success there. Yeah. Um, there's there's some things that could work out for them. Um, and obviously, if they get a home seed, like that would change a lot for them. Um, so, but I, I definitely wouldn't want to see Houston, and I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't want to see Golden State if I were them. Yeah. So uh, the Trailblazers are about two and a half games ahead of the Jazz. Jazz have eight games. Blazers have nine games. So I mean, really, yeah. yeah I mean, so, this... so conceivably, the Jazz could get a home seed if they can win some games. I think that um, that would that would actually make Jazz fans very happy. They they have been very of course uh, they would of course they would they have I been mean, very upset the Jazz that very happy because that that's some money. Yeah, well, yes, exactly. I mean, the, the Jazz are the Jazz fans are very the Jazz fans are very uh, fickle because <laughs> there's like they they think that their team you know getting the fifth seed three years in a row and possibly you know winning their first round matchup every year is not great. It doesn't show growth, but. There's a game within the game. Like the team is growing. That's so. It's so hard. I, I know. All the, I mean, like think about think about after this off season and all the teams in the West we were looking at, and we we're like, holy cow, how is this going to shake out? And I mean, and also the Clippers and the freaking Kings were in the mix. Like that's how competitive the West is. The, like the Spurs of a, a, a series in the West is such an achievement. I mean, it's such an achievement. The, the fact that the Jazz are in position to win one series for three straight years, that is such an achievement for the organization in an era where there has been one dominant franchise, not, not just dominating the Jazz, but dominating everyone. Right. I, I, like, I, don't, I, I don't care. That's, that's such an achievement that, that Dennis Lindsay and Quinn Snyder – and all the players in the Jazz should be celebrated for because that is so hard in this league. I mean, and the Jazz have developed a reputation as, as a really tough out. That's that's not worth nothing. Yeah, how, how crazy the, the West is so crazy that the, the Clippers have gone nine and one in their last ten games. They're sixth in the West. The Spurs went eight and two, seventh in the West. 
like it's just it mean yeah it's, it is the wild wild west out there uh, i think i was listening to the timberwolves broadcast uh, a couple weeks ago when the jazz right. played them and it was a blowout and they were talking about how they think the warriors um would not want to meet the jazz in the playoffs and there there is the jazz have played them tough all all yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've uh, listened. I've watched the Warriors. Fine. <laughs> Fine. The, the yeah, the Warrior. The Warrior. Yeah. Never, never believe. Never believe the Warriors playing dead. Just never believe it. <laughs> Just never believe it. Are you saying the Warriors? Like, um, they uh, can still do their five out lineups, and th- then if they don't want to, they have Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> so who isn't quite as good as he was, but. Are you um? Uh, are you People saying are that? Overthinking it when they're like, "Oh, well, the Warriors wouldn't want to see the Jazz." Well, all things go through the Warriors. <laughs> all things go through the Warriors because they're that good. Don't overthink it. They've 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 swept the Jazz. What twice? Did they? No, no, they didn't do it that last year with the Rockets. But no, like, yeah. Swept the Jazz that first year, and you know it never really looked that hard. Right. So. So. So, are you saying that the Warriors are um, uh, going to start uh, playoff mode activated? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. It's how good they are. Yeah. It uh, doesn't matter. Uh, this has been uh, this has been a real fun, Kyle. Uh, I'm going to tell a quick story. Um, uh, so, Kyle, when he was when he was living here, we were in the same wedding line, and um, uh, like so, our we had a we have a mutual friend and. Uh, uh, so I, I had best man duties, and Kyle, like the first like day we were told we were in the line, he was like, "Hey man, you ever need anything? Let me know." And I'm 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 sort of I'm maybe too cocky in my abilities to get things done, I guess. And uh, like the day of like the bachelor party, um, uh, I was like kind of rushing, trying to get a lot of stuff done. I was like, and I had like a spark of inspiration like the night before. I was like, "Oh, we need to get this like hat that says uh, if you ever see Parks and Rec, it's the hat that uh, Ben Wyatt wears at his birthday party or bachelor party." And I was like, Kyle, I need your help to get this. And Kyle, like, with like an hour notice, we came through and got it. So, Kyle, I'm always going to be grateful for you for that. No doubt, I'm always here for the bachelor boy. <laughs> and um, I'm grateful for you for being uh, uh, my first guest on hitting the high notes. All right, thanks, Phil. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Um, uh, you take care. Um, uh, hey, feel free to subscribe. You can follow Kyle Goon on Twitter at Kyle Goon G O O N. Uh, hit subscribe. Um, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever um, we have podcasts. And um, uh, thanks for listening to Hitting the High Notes.